This is episode 330 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. Today's articles are Pros and Cons of Mechanical Water Filtration and How to Make Emergency Survival Bread. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version, with some commentary, of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey guys, I want to let you know that this episode is being sponsored by my new ebook, The Preparedness Community's Guide to a Microbiz and Increasing Your Finances. I truly believe that the key to preparedness is having multiple streams of income. Those multiple streams of income can help you prepare, can help you pay down debt, and can help you form an emergency fund. So to get some more information, go to microbiz.biz or just come over to theprepperwebsitepodcast.com to get a little bit more information and actually purchase the ebook. I'm going to link to it in the show notes just to kind of make it easy for you. Hey, before I get started, I just want to point out, if you're a member of the Facebook group, you, you've seen this uh, because they get automatically posted. But uh, Ben from Suspicious Observers is uh, very concerned about the, the levels of earthquakes that are happening uh, over in Hawaii right now with, uh, with the volcano. Um, he's been talking about it for the last couple of days, and it's something that he's saying that the media is not re- really reporting on. But the last couple of days, there have been earthquakes in the five range that have been increasing every single day. And so he feels that that's like cause for concern. And so I just saw that on Twitter before I actually started recording the podcast. But uh, if you are a member of the Facebook group, then you see that posted automatically every morning. He does an update, space weather and uh, you know earth weather and all that good stuff. And uh, he, so he does that every morning, like a quick three-minute video, which is really worth your watch. And then also, um, if there's something significant, at least that he feels, he'll do one in the evening time, which is it's very rare that he does them in the evening time, but he did do one this evening. And so for those of you that are new to the podcast, uh, welcome. Uh, but uh, those of you that have been listening for a while know that I record the uh, the daily podcast the night before. So the Wednesday podcast gets recorded Tuesday night. So on Tuesday night, uh, Tuesday, you know, early evening, he released another video just, you know, stating that about the, the earthquakes there, that they have been increasing every day, and at least in their magnitude. And uh, just a little concerned about that because he feels like there's going to be a bigger eruption uh, happening or possibly happening pretty soon. So anyway, just keep your eyes out for that, um, you know, and keep the people in Chile in your prayers for, uh, you know, last time I, I saw an account, it was, and that was probably early this morning, uh, was like 68 dead and a lot of other uh, people injured and some unaccounted for still because of the uh, the volcano that went off in Chile. And so, uh, you know, there's always something going on. It just seems like, and that's why uh, it's important to stay aware and stay prepped, definitely. All right, so let's go ahead and jump into our articles. Our first article comes to us from BackdoorSurvival.com. The article is entitled, Pros and Cons of Mechanical Water Filtration. Parts of a solid home preparedness plan involves some sort of water filtration system. 
All of the prepper stores include water filtration from tablets to straws and some offer some large systems while others just have a gadget or two for your bob. Some are simple in design and some are complicated. From experience, we know that simple is not always enough and the more complex a solution, the greater the chance some part of it will fail. Murphy's Law. So, where does water filtration fit into your survival plan? In this conversation, we look at the benefits and weaknesses of mechanical water filtration so that you can decide if it is a fit for your survival strategy. So, the big picture. Complete water filtration does three things. First, it filters out a particulate matter down to a specific size. This is what mechanical filtration does. Secondly, it removes chemicals from the water, such as toxins. This is what chemical filtration does, or mostly. And then the third phase is biological filtration, which is a combination of both mechanical and chemical water purification. Complete water filtration addresses particulate matter, chemical, and toxin issues, and deals with water organisms. Dirty water has particles of things floating in it. We call that turbidity. After a heavy rain, rivers turn muddy looking. That dirty water is full of turbidity. As the rain stops and rivers begin to subside, the water's clear. It is the force of gravity that helps. And in a river, the force of the water can suspend an object, even large boulders if the current is fast enough. In a home aquarium, filter pads trap particles as the water passes through the filter material. That is mechanical filtration. In a home water filtration system, such as a reverse osmosis system, water is forced through filters that are so small that most particulate matter is trapped. So mechanical filtration is the physical trapping or removing of particles from water. One of the first questions that you must ask yourself is, what is it that you want to filter out of water? Some solid materials, particles, dissolve in water. We call those salts. So a salt is anything that dissolves in water. Not all salts are safe. Already we have discovered one weakness of mechanical filtration. The filter is only as good as the smallest piece of toxin it will trap. So why not just boil water? One reason is that boiling water only kills the biota or the bacteria and other living matter. It does not remove chemicals nor particles. That is not to say that we should not boil water, just that it will not help remove the turbidity from the water. The reality of survival is that we need fresh water. Our bodies on average are made up of 70 plus percent of water. Generally, we can last around 72 hours without water. It is recommended that most adults take in 64 fluid ounces of water per day. That need is to help us flush out the toxins and byproducts of digestion, cellular waste, and to help us make new chemicals so that our body runs as it should. There are a variety of things that affect how we use water. Those include high temperatures. The hotter the situation, the more water we need. And the quality of our diet. The higher the salt and sugar content of our food, the more water we need. Mechanical water filtration can clean fresh water, but only to the limit of the filter. Around my home, we have an old well that we use for household water. It was dug some hundred years back and nobody bothered to line it with cement rings. The house sits in a floodplain, so the land around is alluvial deposits, sandy soil. 
What that means around here is that the wells fill up with sand and the water gets dirty. Not great for drinking, bathing, nor laundry. To solve that problem, we have a mechanical filter that separates the bigger particles from the water. For drinking, we have an RO system, and that's that reverse osmosis system she was talking about before. Uh, mostly because the well on our neighbor's property tested positive for methane, a natural result of degradation of organic matter, the stuff buried by the river. The wells here, and we have two of them, have never shown a trace of methane, but why chance it? Our second well is modern and deep. It is what we use to water the gardens and everything else but the house. Our filter system simply runs the water from the old well into a sump that has small weave fiber filters. They look like the green filters you get for your furnace. And then into a second filter that collects the water and pumps it into a storage tank. This helps us have a fresh supply of water that is fairly free of particulate matter. It also allows us to chemically treat a smaller batch of water rather than the entire well. That system is adjustable, and it outlines the process of mechanical filtration, which is the physical trapping of particles in water. The biggest problem with mechanical filtration is that the particulate matter can be extremely small. Think protozoa, bacteria, and other potentially harmful substances. Case in point is Flint, Michigan, where corroded water pipes owned by the city leached particles of lead into the drinking water. This occurred after the water had been filtered and because the city did not wish to spend a small amount of money to protect the pipes, $100 a day. This is also an example of why people need to consider an isolated water supply. The Flint issue was the result of negligence on behalf of city government, but our own governments also worry about the risk of public's water supplies by both domestic and foreign terror groups. Note, the big pros of mechanical water filtration is that they are fairly simple to set up and adjust or manipulate to meet your individual needs. The big con is that a mechanical water filtration system is only as good as the size and condition of the filter material that filters the water. Another issue with mechanical filtration is that it does not always address the chemical makeup of the water. It is one thing to remove sand and turbidity and quite another to remove pesticides. Some home systems use a coagulation method which traps particles as it falls through the water. This process can be costly and can require a lot of energy and labor to make it effective. So another con of mechanical filtration can be the ongoing cost. Some homes use an inline filter that only filters the water that is coming directly into the home. It is much more cost effective to filter only the water that you are going to use. The drawback to inline filters is that they slow down water flow, but they can be placed on specific lines so that water flows freely where filtration is not needed. So is mechanical filtration all you need? On a daily basis and for many homes, a mechanical filter is all that is needed, so long as you test your water regularly. The installation of a UV filter or the use of chemicals can help keep water safe from biological hazards such as protozoa or bacteria. A mechanical filtration system that utilized, utilizes charcoal can also help remove some chemicals from water. However, just like in a home aquarium, the charcoal must be replaced about every 30 days. Charcoal also will not remove heavy metals from drinking water. 
It is good at removing other chemicals, but unless it physically traps bacteria, it will not protect you from health issues associated with living matter in drinking water. Charcoal filters are a type of mechanical filter that blends the lines between mechanical and chemical filtration. They are very common in water pitchers, inline filters, and other types of water filtering devices. They are not practical in large-scale filters because of the amount of charcoal needed. You can certainly add charcoal pads to your filter system. The problem with these is that once the charcoal is wet, it has a very short life cycle. It can sit on a shelf for a million years and be just fine, but as soon as it is wet, the clock starts ticking. As mentioned, we use a rough mechanical filter that has the sole task of removing the large particulate matters from the old well. For drinking, we use an RO system, which is more manageable and more affordable. The big filter makes the well water safe for cleaning and bathing, and the RO system gives us plenty of water that is purified for drinking. There are many options available when adding a filtration system to your prepping strategy. Do your homework and address this important issue by asking yourself what you need to filter out of the water. What are you preparing for? In other cases, the rough system works well, is easy to maintain, and is affordable. We have a little solar station there to keep the pumps running when needed. This type of system is not appropriate for all types of residential applications. The big takeaway here is that filtration systems need to fit your needs, not be something that you try to fit into your lifestyle or prepping needs. We will follow this article up with some additional comparisons so that you can make an informed decision about home filtrations. All right, guys, um, you know, when we talk about water filters and stuff like that, a lot of the times we're talking about the personal use water filters um, like uh, the Mini Sawyer, which is one that I, I think definitely everyone should have in their kit, in their in their bug out bags or get home bags. Uh, you should have one or, you know, uh, actually, I would buy one for each member of the family. Um, I also talk about the Life Straw, which is probably the easiest water filter to use. Um, it, it, it might not be, it's not as good as the Mini Sawyer, but um, if you're talking about you want something that is just, you know, easy, you just pick, you know, open up the package and you stick it in the water, that's the one to use because there's just, there's no real learning curve on that at all. But, you know, when you're talking about family filters, uh, you know, that's a, a bigger thing. You're talking about a water filtration system that you kind of tie into your to your lines. You need to do a little bit more research on that and something that's going to be able to last you and be able to handle what uh, what you really truly need for your home. Um, you know, we have water filters, uh, or at least we uh, for family, for our family water filters. Um, you know, I've talked about the Hydro Blue Jerry pressurized jerry can. I did an opening review on that one on YouTube, and uh, we actually we're, we're using it right now. To, to be honest with you, um, I still haven't fixed the water filter in my, uh, you know, coming into my refrigerator, and so we need uh, we want filtered water, and so we've been using that. And it's been working like a charm. I think you can you can uh, you know put about about 4.5 or 4.25 gallons of water in there. And uh, it works really well. I mean, everyone's using it. Uh, we've stopped buying uh, plastic water bottles just because of some of the things that I read there. And uh, I, just, I just didn't have a good feeling. And so we just used that, the, the Hydro Blue Jerry Can Pressurized Water Filter. Uh, and we have, um, you know, we all have our own cups, our favorite cups, and just kind of go from there. 
And so definitely would recommend having uh, a family water filter like that. And then you need to think about something coming into your home, maybe a, you know, a, a bigger uh, system uh, like Backdoor Survival is talking about here. So anyway, guys, uh, come check this article out. I'm going to link to it in the show notes like always. All right, so from water to bread, we're going to give you all the basics of preparedness today. This is a great article and one that you might want to just go ahead and print out for your uh, for your survival binder, maybe something that you try to commit to memory. But uh, you know, when we talk about um, having survival food, uh, you know, we we take for granted that we can just make bread so easily. Now, some of you are expert expert bread makers. Um, I know that my wife has tried her hand at it, and she has done really well at that. But it does take time to make bread it does take time and it's time consuming especially when you have people you know working you know jobs and all that kind of stuff and so uh you know that's one of the things to consider but so when we when and the reason i'm saying all that is because when we get to a a situation where we wish we had bread uh, we want to be able to make it very easily and so you might not have all the the skills to be able to make it i mean you can practice on the weekends and do things like that but this recipe right here is so basic and so easy. You can do it out on, uh, you know, a campfire grill, or you can do it home, in, you know, in your home on your stove to have bread. And so it is uh, entitled. The article is entitled "How to Make Emergency Survival Bread." And so let's go ahead and jump into this one. Ah, bread. There is a reason that we, and by we, I mean almost the entirety of the human race have been consuming bread in one form or another for centuries. It takes some of the most basic ingredients with generally long shelf lives and turns it into something not only palatable, but pleasurable. The main ingredients of most bread is flour of some kind, and most types of flour contain carbohydrates, the macronutrient frequently referred to as carbs. They're thought of as a rather villainous in most or many modern diets, there's a good reason why we have such a hard time giving them up. Carbs actually makes us happy. So happy, in fact, that the majority of us are addicted to carbs. The carbohydrates found in almost all types of bread do a wonderful job of filling our bellies and providing a quick boost in energy levels. While most processed carbs found in white flour may not keep us full for as long as we'd like, whole grain wheat flour and whole flours with lots of fiber, do a great job of keeping us satisfied over a significant period of time. Bread is also fairly portable, which is a part of why it was so widely utilized as a main food source in days gone by. Look at the popularity of sandwiches even today for a great example of this. More practical reasons aside, people like bread because there are so many different variations of it that there is a variety to suit almost every type on the planet in every culture imaginable. So is bread really a good survival food option? Absolutely. Making bread can pretty much be as simple or as complicated as you want it to be. And though there can be a bit of a learning curve for most people who don't make their own bread on a daily or even yearly basis, anyone can make it. You can make it from ingredients that are easily stored, and though regular bread doesn't have an inherently long shelf life, those separate components do. There's also a lot of room for variation, allowing you to work with what you have. 
I'll share with you a remarkably simple flatbread recipe that's perfect for every day and for survival situations. You may want to practice preparing this bread over an open flame before you need to, just like you hone the rest of your survival skills. I made up this batch over the stove for an afternoon snack for my kiddos, and they loved helping mix and roll out the dough. So making emergency survival bread, you'll need these materials, a small mixing bowl, measuring implements, a sturdy spoon, a rolling pin or smooth glass that you can use as a rolling pin, a skillet, a heat source, a spatula or other utensil for turning the bread. Plus, you'll need these ingredients, one cup of all-purpose flour or other wheat flour of your choice, half a teaspoon of salt, one-fourth to one-half cup of water, and if desired, oil of your choice for skillet. Seriously, these are all the ingredients this recipe requires. It's very simple and it mixes up and cooks quickly. This bread is almost like tortillas but with a little tougher texture. I suggest cooking them immediately before eating them as they tend to get tough when they've sat out for a while. So guys, I want to let you know that there's some really great pictures here uh, as they go through the steps, as this article goes through the steps. So uh, one great reason why you might want to check this one out. All right, so the first one is preparing the dough. Step one, put the flour and salt in the mixing bowl. Step two, add one fourth of a cup of water. Mix it thoroughly. If all the flour mixture isn't able to be incorporated into a sturdy dough, you may need to add a little more. Be sure you add water slowly so you don't get too much. When all the flour mixture is incorporated and the dough is not sticky and can form into balls easily, you're good to go. Step three, knead the dough for about five minutes. Step four, roll the dough into a ball and put it back into the mixing bowl to rest. Allow it to sit for about 15 minutes. The kneading and resting processes help the dough become more elastic by setting the gluten in the dough up to form into long, stretchy chains of protein. Step five, split the rested dough into several lumps about the size of ping pong balls and roll them up neatly. Step six, roll out each of the dough balls into a flat circle as thin as you can get it. The dough will bounce back a bit and it won't roll out quite as thin as you want it this time, so long as it isn't terribly humid. You don't need to worry about flouring your work surface like you oftentimes do with dough. This dough is really not sticky at all and will peel right off the countertops. Step 7. Heat up your skillet until a drop of water in it sizzles instantly. Step 8. Take one of the dough circles and roll it out as thin as you can get it again. The little rest after the first rolling allows the dough to be rolled even thinner. Step 9. Place the first dough circle in the pan. You can add a little oil to the pan if you'd like, but it's not necessary. The flattened dough will immediately start to curl up around the edges. Step 10. Let the dough cook in the skillet until large bubbles begin to form, then flip it over to brown up the other side. Each piece of flatbread only needs to cook for a few minutes total. Step 11. Cook the rest of the flatbreads the same way. This very basic flatbread is incredibly versatile. You can serve it as a part of main dish, a main dish for breakfast, lunch, or dinner, or with jam or honey for dessert. 
They're perfect for serving up anything taco style, whether it's actual Mexican fare or any other food you'd like to have in a handheld form. So do you have the ingredients for emergency survival bread in your stores? While storing some traditional bread ingredients in your emergency stores isn't very practical, this very basic survival bread recipe is easy to prepare for. You likely already store these ingredients in some form or another, and it takes very little time to prepare. Learn how to make this simple flatbread to add a little versatility to your survival diet. All right, guys, I think that when we, if we ever are in a poop pit the fan situation, I really do believe, and we have our, you know, our uh, canned food, we have our long-term food storage, we have our uh, dehydrated food and all that kind of stuff. I really do think that we're going to crave, you know, something basic like bread. I mean, when you really truly think about it. And so um, having, storing, you know, storing white flour, um, that doesn't really store for the very, very long term when you're thinking long term. But if you store something like wheat berries and, you know, those go into five gallon buckets with mylar bags and uh, oxygen uh, absorbers, those things, uh, you know, uh, will last forever. So wheat berries will last forever, you know, 25, 30 years, very, very easily. And then you need, you need a grinder to grind it up. And so you'll have your flour to be able to make bread uh, at that point. And so something to, to consider there because you probably would want to have something along these lines. Um, if you have fruit trees and you're planning on making some jelly, uh, then you know having the ability to spread that jelly on something like a bread would work uh, would work wonders. Adding a little bit of sugar to it, you can make it kind of sweet if you wanted to make a, a sweeter bread. And uh, so, I mean, there's a lot of things that you can do to this. You can play around with it a little bit. You know, people were commenting in the comment section that, uh, you know, unleavened bread. Uh, other people were saying that this is like, uh, uh, you know, bread on a stick that uh, that other people have uh, written about or, you know, you've read about before uh, where you roll it up on a stick and then you heat it up, uh, you know, on a campfire. And uh, other people just left information about that. Some people talked about uh, making bannock bread and they gave a... Uh, Another recipe. So if you've never, I think we've talked about that one before on the on the podcast. But there is a recipe in the comment section. So just you know, good information. Like I said, I think this is one that you want to print out and you want to so that you can keep and maybe start trying it. I mean, it's nothing. One cup of water, half a teaspoon of salt, and I'm sorry, one cup of flour, uh, half a teaspoon of salt, and then one fourth to one half cup of water, and then you can make yourself some. Uh, some bread. I mean, how cool is that to be able to do that with? So I'd be interested if you try this out and uh, would love to know uh, what your results were and if you uh, you just went straight with this recipe or if you added anything to it. So uh, awesome there. So today we went from water to bread, giving you the, the basics of emergency preparedness uh, so that you can be a little bit more self-reliant. So guys, again, like I said, that's over at askaprepper.com. I'm going to link to it in the show notes. And uh, again, like I said, I think that's one that you should uh, keep for your survival uh, binder and add to your just add to your memory. It's not very hard to uh, to do. And so uh, there you go. Well, a lot of good information today, and that's it for this episode, episode 330. Hey, to subscribe to the show, head on over to theprepperwebsitepodcast.com. There you can subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or a bunch of other podcast networks. 
And that way you never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. Hey, and don't forget to take a moment to connect with me. I uh, have it, a lot of information in the show notes so you can connect with me on social media. Come on over to the Facebook group and uh, you know, check out the show notes for a lot of other uh, cool and interesting things. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until tomorrow, stay prepped and aware. Peace. <music>